0: On this episode of the podcast, I have something absolutely essential to tell you. It is of first importance. At least that's what God, through Paul, told the Corinthian believers. The Apostle reminded his Christian brothers and sisters about the message he had received from the Lord and had delivered to them. It's the message he preached and they believed. This most precious and essential truth is the gospel. Now, if Paul had already proclaimed the gospel to the Corinthian believers, and if they had already received and believed it, then why does he remind them again? Answer, Paul was an experienced disciple-maker. He knew that we all tend to meander away from the truth. We're all prone to stop paddling and drift downstream away from the fountain of life. We forget or get distracted, and sometimes we even wade into the cesspool of sin and take a drink from the filth. For example, The believers in Galatia were deserting God and forsaking the grace of Christ. They were lured into exchanging the sin-conquering, freedom-producing, curse-reversing gospel for a powerless distortion of the gospel. And in Colossae, the believers had to guard against human wisdom and empty philosophy that's contrary to our vital union with Christ. In both cases, and many others, the greatest need was to revisit the indispensable truths of the one true gospel, And this necessity remains for you and me. We require constant reminders of the counterintuitive, life-altering, death-defying, revolutionary message that sets us free from the power and penalty of sin. Even as Christians, we need encouragement to daily rehearse, internalize, and personalize the present and abiding reality of the way God is for us in Christ. 1 Corinthians 15 helps us in this regard. We have a continual need for the gospel and thus the apostle concluded this letter in the same place he started, with the glorious implications of the gospel. This emphasis is instructive for us because our life must also begin and end with the gospel. Our day, our conversations, our thoughts are best when they begin and end with the gospel. Why? Because we have a continual need for the good news of Jesus Christ to saturate our minds and hearts. After all, how often do you sin and what is the remedy? How often are you prone to wander into worldliness, and what rescues you from the evil present age? How often does your life have challenges and difficulties, and what is your hope amidst those struggles? It's the gospel. With that in mind, listen to verses 1 and 2. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Those words, I would remind you stress a continual habitual pattern of making known the gospel realities and promises, which underscores our need to repeatedly make the gospel known to one another and ourselves. Notice also the progressive culmination that portrays the completeness of the gospel. Paul reminded them of the gospel which they received, in which they stand, and by which they are saved. The verb received indicates a past completed action. The verb stand describes an event completed in the past with results in the present and the verb saved implies an event begun in the present but is completed in the future so the gospel is comprehensive the flow indicates that the corinthians were saved because they received the gospel but they must continually hold fast to that very same gospel with daily application by faith next verse 3 provides an explanation for for i delivered to you as of first importance what i also received Paul continually reminded the believers of the gospel because it's of first importance. It's the main thing. It's the message he received from the Lord Jesus Christ and it's summarized in the rest of our passage. Verse 3 continues, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Those words contain the apex of the Christian life. The Gospel is Christ's death for our sins. As our substitute, Christ died to appease God and meet the demands of the law. As our advocate, He effected reconciliation and made us righteous before God. As our mediator, He established a new covenant and accepted us. Thus, as our Savior, He grants us eternal life through faith in Him. And as our intercessor, He continually presents us to the Father. The Gospel is also Christ's burial and resurrection. Interestingly, The verb raised is set apart from the other words to emphasize the permanence of the resurrection. He is still risen. He is not still crucified, buried, or ascending, but he is still risen. This is significant because believers are united to Christ, joined with him in his death, burial, and resurrection. And our unshakable, unfading, better-than-anything-else hope is the resurrection. So much more can be said, but instead, I encourage you to daily mine the golden nuggets of the gospel from God's word. There's nothing more important.